From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of September 7th, 2011. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, and I am joined at the table by absolutely no one. This is a solo show. We're not going to call it the sick show because it's not uh, nobody's sick. Uh, it's just that we're all traveling as you're listening to this. Uh, John and Kevin, Walter and I are in Europe. Uh, Corey and Julie are in Hawaii. So not, uh, you know... I'm sure Kathy and Teresa and Max would do a wonderful show together, uh, but uh, I figured, you know, give them a week off. So, um, but I, I wanted something to go up. I know the Disneyland folks are going to be, you know, uh, putting out some some shows uh, over the next couple of weeks while we're gone. Uh, so, you know, that's great. But I wanted to make sure that you know we had a little something else going up. So I thought I'd do something a little different. I did one of these earlier in the year, and it was. Well received, and uh, I'm just in the mood. I'm 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 kind of wired. It is uh, actually it's August 25th at two o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting here in my studio in my house uh, with a cup of coffee. Yes, it's two o'clock in the morning, and I'm drinking coffee. And uh, this is uh, thanks to this wonderful jet lag that I have coming back from from Alaska. And for some reason, I that escapes me. I don't know why. For some reason, this particular trip to Alaska really kicked my butt when it came to uh, to jet lag. My, my sleep has just been completely messed up. And yes, I guess the argument could be made that, you know, if I'm drinking coffee at 2 o'clock in the morning, chances are strong that might be a, 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 an indicator as to why my sleep is messed up. But uh, it's actually not. Uh, I'm just drinking the coffee now because I've got uh, laundry to do and packing to do and uh, all that stuff, my, you know. My house is just a wash with laundry and suitcases and all that other stuff. So it's, uh, you know, so I figured I'd do something different. And I posted on Facebook earlier this evening and asked folks for, uh, you know, for questions and things like that. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. A um, couple things I want to talk about first. Um, first, these, uh, these meats that are cropping up around the country right now uh, to raise money for Give Kids the World. Now, if you're not familiar with what we're doing, uh, let me explain it to you. Uh, Earlier this year, we started a a fundraising drive called The Power of Ten. Effectively, what we're looking for is 10,000 people willing to ask 10 friends to donate $10 to Give Kids the World. The goal being we want to raise a million dollars. Now, I don't care how we do it. I don't care if we get 10,000 people to ask 10 friends for 10 bucks. I don't care if we're auctioning stuff off on eBay, if we're doing meets around the country to raise money. I don't care how we do it. Um, the idea is that we raise the awareness of Give Kids the World and that we raise money for Give Kids the World. I have no idea how long it's going to take to raise a million dollars. At the rate we're going now, it's going to take about 25 years, but that's okay. Uh, we're raising money. We're raising awareness, and that's the important part right now. Uh, Give Kids the World, for those who are not familiar, is an organization here in Central Florida that is uh, dedicated to um, 
providing a place for children with life-threatening illnesses to come when they want to experience Walt Disney World. It is this amazing village that is really just geared toward these kids. So when a child makes a wish through the Make-A-Wish Foundation or other wish-granting organizations that they want to go to Disney World, these organizations contact Give Kids the World. And Give Kids the World turns no child away. One way or another, they make sure every request they receive is granted, provided it's coming through one of these organizations. Now, these organizations, of course, vet all the, all the candidates for these wishes to make sure that you know it's legitimate. Um, and uh, Give Kids the World is uh, one of the most uh, respected organizations in terms of its uh, fiscal responsibility. Um, 6% of what they raise, only 6% of what they raise, goes to administrative costs. The other 94 cents of every dollar goes to the mission, which is to take care of bringing these kids to Orlando and making sure they have a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You can uh, learn more about what we're doing at at powerof10.us. That's powerof10.us is the website, and that explains more of our mission. And uh, gktw.org, givekidstheworld.org, is the website for Give Kids the World. Uh, 100% of everything that we raise goes directly to Give Kids the World. There is no administrative fee on this end. None of us are taking uh, an administrative fee for anything that we do. Any money that's uh, required to put this together to f- for fulfillment, to anything like that, um, all comes out of our pockets. We pay that ourselves. Um, the money we are, tr- we are raising is truly for Give Kids the World. And part of what's happened with this is that uh, listeners have been coming up with creative ways to raise money in their own communities. One of the ways they're doing that is to put on Diz Meets in their local communities and raise money. We had one in Fitchburg, Massachusetts in July that raised $12,000, which was just stunning. And uh, I happened to run into Pamela Landworth, who's the executive director of Give Kids the World, when I was in uh, Los Angeles International Airport flying back from Alaska. Uh, she was on the same flight coming back from, uh, coming back from California. Sorry, coffee time. And... Uh, she had, uh, you know, she was telling me how uh, just blown away they were over that, over the fact that this organization, that this this one meet raised twelve thousand dollars, and uh, on our discussion boards, on the uh, on the podcast discussion boards at disboards.com, there is a sub forum dedicated to dis events uh, that benefit Give Kids the World. So you can, uh, if you're interested in hosting a meet in your in your community, uh, that's the place to post it. If you're interested in seeing what's coming up that you might be able to attend, that's the place to find it. And uh, Walter and I are trying to get to as many of these events as we can. Um, coming up, there is a uh, an event in Dallas on October 1st that Walter and I will be at. There's an event here at Walt Disney World. Um, on October 3rd at the Animal Kingdom Lodge Villas. Uh, there's another event, November 11th, I believe it is, in uh, Virginia. 
there are other events being planned also throughout uh, throughout the country. And like I said, you know, wherever we can, when, whenever we can, uh, Walter and I are trying to get to as many of these events as possible, show our support, meet everyone. Um, a lot of times, you know, the only time that we really get to interact with folks who visit the site or listen to the show is on our podcast cruises or the parties we throw, things like that. And that's great, but um, this makes it a little bit easier for some of you folks that you know want to meet us and get together with other dizzers. Um, having it in your community. So <clears throat> we're hoping to see this continue and grow uh, through next year. And uh, I'm real excited about it. And I'm really proud of the incredible effort being put forth by so many uh, of our listeners and our site visitors to raise money for this this awesome organization. So it's the power of 10.us, power of 10.us uh, is the website and podcast and uh, disboards.com is where you'll find our discussion boards and, of course, links to all of this on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. So like I said, though, uh, we had asked some people on Facebook to post some questions uh, for this show, and I'm going to take a few of them now. It's, I love it that, you know, I ask at midnight on a Wednesday night, I, I post this request, and within a few minutes I've got 20 uh I've got 20 questions there. Um, Dustin Moorhead asks, Hi, Pete. I'm Dustin or PDJ Prince Charming on the boards, and I have a question for you. I am very interested in Victoria and Alberts for my December trip, but I'm an extremely picky eater. I was wondering if you knew any ideas on how to be able to enjoy this meal with a very limited appetite, chicken, pizza, steak, potatoes. Thanks again. I look forward to more great shows in the future. Um all right, Dustin, Victoria and Albert's is a dining experience. This is not uh, a pizzeria. So, you know, I, my first suggestion is, is, is go in managing your expectations. Um, there will be chicken on the menu. There will be steak on the menu. Uh, but it's going to be prepared in the, uh, the way a five-star restaurant would prepare it. Now, Disney likes to tell, tell you that all of their signature restaurants are quote-unquote world-class dining and uh, that's a great marketing line but the fact of the matter is it's not true they have some wonderful restaurants don't get me wrong and they definitely have a few that I would consider world-class dining the one that is not arguable in that regard is Victorian Alberts it is truly world-class dining that it doesn't have a Michelin star is beyond me um, but I uh, it is an amazing dining experience um, and my, 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 I guess my, my advice to you would be try stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit. If you go in to an experience like that saying, you know, I'm just going to have chicken or steak and, you know, they're going to prepare it a, a certain way and I'm not going to like it, then you're not going to like it. And it's not a cheap meal. I mean, you're going to spend a hundred dollars a plate for this meal, so you might as well enjoy it. Let me give you an example. Um, cause I'm kind of a picky eater myself. Um, sometimes I'll get a little more adventurous, but, um, and if you hear whining in the background, it's Figaro. God only knows why my cat crying, like someone's putting nails into his behind. Um, we were out in Vancouver, staying in a hotel in Vancouver called uh, the Wedgwood hotel and spa. It was a lovely hotel. 
And they had a restaurant in the hotel called Bacchus, B-A-C-C-H-U-S. And the, uh, the first night we were in Vancouver, we went there to eat just because it was close and we were tired. And they had a dish on the menu called Coco Vin, which I'd heard of but had no idea what it was. It turns out it's chicken uh, in, uh, in red wine. It's chicken like uh, almost braised in red wine. And it's very French, and it's very foo-foo, and I'm on this kick right now of you know stepping outside my comfort zone, and you know it's not the kind of dish I would normally order. So I ordered it, and it was absolutely delicious. It was amazing, and you know I kept asking myself, how is it that you know I've gone forty, almost forty-seven years of my life, and have never tasted this. And that's because I have myself in this mindset that there's only certain things I'm going to eat. Um, now, the big challenge for me is seafood. I don't eat seafood at all. A tuna fish sandwich is as far as I go. So while we were on the Alaska cruise, we had an occasion to have a meal at a crab house that is famous for its fresh Dungeness crabs. No appeal for me whatsoever. And even though I ordered the chicken dish, which was delicious, I did try some of the crab. And I got to be honest with you, it was wonderful. If I allowed myself to enjoy it and admit it, it was wonderful. Now, granted, I dipped it in butter and pretty much anything you're going to smother in fat is going to taste delicious. Well, for me anyway. But I, I realized that, you know, for me, I'll speak for myself, a lot of that picky eater stuff is psychological. So you're on vacation. You're going to Victoria and Albert's. Go in with an open mind. Uh, try something new. Try something different. You might be surprised. If you tell yourself you're not going to like it, then you're not going to like it. But you don't get – well, maybe you do, but most people don't eat in restaurants like that very often. So that's what I call an event, uh, a dining event, as opposed to just going out for dinner. So enjoy it. You're going to dress up. You're going to go and have this wonderful meal. Step outside your comfort zone a little bit and enjoy Victorian Alberts. All right. Our next, uh, next question comes from Rita Smith, who uh, I happened while well, we were out in uh, Disneyland a few weeks ago. Happened to run into her and her niece right before Fantasmic. She writes, hey, Pete, uh, it was great for my niece and I to meet you and Walter before Fantasmic at Disneyland. Question, do you notice a difference between West Coast Disneyland fans and East Coast Walt Disney World fans? Absolutely no question. There is a huge difference between the Disneyland fans and the Walt Disney World fans. Um, for the most part, I think the Disneyland fans are even more passionate than the Walt Disney World fans are. And that, I think, is because Disneyland is a cultural phenomenon in California that uh, a phenomenon that does not exist here in Orlando. Disneyland has been part of that culture since the 50s. Everyone out there has grown up with Disneyland in their backyard, basically, those, of, those people who live in, in Orange County especially. And so it's, uh, that park very much belongs to the locals. And that park is so busy so often because of the locals that go there. 
And those hotels are so full so often because of the locals who go there. So it's a very different scenario than what you have in Walt Disney World where it's a tourist's theme park. Uh, the locals in Orlando didn't, some, you know, not many of them anyway grew up with Disney, with Disney World. Uh, a lot of transplants live in Central Florida, people who came from other parts of the country. So it doesn't have that cultural appeal, I think, that, that, that Disneyland has. Uh, not appeal, but that's the wrong word. A cultural connection that I think Disneyland has. And, and yes, the Disneyland fans are, I, I think, they're, they're more passionate. Now, I know, you know the Walt Disney World fans will take exception to that. It's just my observation. Um, so that's my, that's my answer to that. Uh, Julia Nicole Castile asks, as an alumni of the Disney College program, do you have any thoughts on the program? Lately, there has been a lot of controversy with the part full-time cast members on the need for the Disney College program. Um, I've actually completed two college programs and hope to do another in January. And I'd just like to see what your opinion is on using us college kids as cheap labor. Okay, well, you asked, I'm going to answer. First of all, as far as cheap labor is concerned, um, you know what you're getting into when you sign up. So if the money isn't enough or you think it's cheap labor, don't do it. Don't do it. They're talent. I mean, they're not misleading you in any way, shape, or form. And the fact of the matter is that having Disney on a resume is a good thing. I don't care what you do. That word, that company, Disney, on your resume is an awesome, awesome plus for anybody. And especially, you know, coming out of college. Looking for a job, being able to put Disney on your resume, it just looks good. Um, and I guess you're always going to have people that complain about, you know, cheap labor and their, you know, all that stuff. Most of the college program people I've spoken to loved it. Absolutely loved the experience. And learned a lot from it. Made a lot of friends. I mean, you know, Corey is a great example. Corey started uh, on the college program and eventually went to work for Disney full-time before I hired him. He was working as a lifeguard at Blizzard Beach when I hired him. And, but he wanted to, he wanted to do something more creative. Uh, has his degree in, uh, in fine arts. Wanted to do something more creative. We you know, presented that opportunity for him. And uh, the rest is history. It'll be 10 years that Corey's with me in October. I can't believe it's been 10 years. But, you know, the people I've spoken to anyway, and it's very anecdotal, but the people I've spoken to have done the college program have had nothing but wonderful things to say about it and, you know, have made some lifelong friends through it. So um, cheap labor, if you think it's cheap labor, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, nobody's forcing you. There's no gun to your head saying you have to go work there. Um do cast members take exception to that? I'm sure they do. Um, that, you know, Disney is bringing in these college kids. And from Disney's standpoint, yeah, it is cheap labor. There's no question about it. But, you know, that's my opinion. I think it's an amazing experience. It looks great on a resume as an employer. I can tell you that. It looks great in a resume. Um, so there are – and you learn things. You You learn – something i'm sure doing what you do so um you know that's my opinion on that um my niece amy 
Amy Maggio. With all the events coming up at Disney, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, Food and Wine Festival, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, what's your favorite event, and how do you feel they change things up each year, and how can they improve? Um, I love them all. Um, Food and Wine Festival, I think, is my favorite. Um, the, the Halloween Party and the Christmas Party um, have become uh, you know, annual events, for us, we always go. I always have a great time. I love, you know, the parks decorated for a holiday, whether it's Halloween or Christmas. I just love it. I just absolutely love it. Um, how do they change it up every year? That would be my complaint and how, the, and how they can improve. They could improve by changing it up more. Um, Food and Wine Festival in particular has become very disappointing. Because it is pretty much the same thing year after year. The only thing that changes is it gets more expensive. Uh, Halloween party, um, you know. Well, I, I think with the Halloween and the Christmas party, there's only so much you can do. And I don't know that they could change that up a lot. Because it is so good the way it is. But it's now gotten to the point where a ticket... To get into the Halloween party or the Christmas party is almost as much as a one-day ticket to the park. And that, I think, is a little bit ridiculous. I have watched the price of these tickets skyrocket over the last five, seven, five to ten years. And it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous now. But the problem is that, you know, especially as the economy is slow, they're not getting as many people in. And so they're raising the prices to make up the difference. That's what I think is going on anyway. But um, they are eventually going to price themselves out of existence with this stuff. They're going to get to a point where they're, you know, and I don't know when that's going to happen. I've been saying it for years. It hasn't happened yet. But I have to imagine eventually people are going to say, I think it's going to happen. I think the breaking point is going to be when a one-day ticket to the park goes over $100. And we're about three years away from that at the, at the pace they've been going, where a one-day ticket into the park will be $100. And then I think you're going to see... A revolt, but who knows? Uh, let's see here. Melissa Calcione, how do you feel about DVC coming to the Grand Floridian? Could care less. Uh, you know, I I, th I shouldn't say that. You know, DVC is a great product. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful product. Um, of course, DVC is having their own drama right now with... Uh, the uh, president of D DVC, Jim Lewis, getting unceremoniously fired a few weeks ago, which I was shocked about. I, w I was even more shocked, though, that Jim Lewis was so unpopular. I had no idea until I was reading our DVC boards how many people really didn't like this guy. Um, so I wonder how much, of, how much that had to do with it. But um, I think we can expect, as long as DVC continues to be successful and continues to be a cash cow for the company, you're going to see these things added on. Um, there was a lot of concern about when they announced Bay Lake Tower that it was going to ruin the aesthetic of the contemporary. And I don't think it did. I, I know some people do. Some people do feel that it ruined the aesthetic. I don't. I think it looks great. I think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful addition. And I think Grand Floridian will be the same thing. They'll do something really classy. That's, that's Disney's... Uh, uh, flagship resort so i think they'll do something really nice with it um but 
you know, Grand Floridian, while it's a lovely resort, and I had a very good experience there, and I have nothing against it. It's just not my favorite resort. So I don't get all giddy about a DVC going in at, at Grand Floridian. Then again, I just can't get giddy about DVC because, you know, I'm married to Scrooge McTightwad, who won't let me buy into DVC. Um, it just drives me. I'm really hoping, I'll, between all of you and me, because he won't listen to this, um, I'm really hoping when we get out to Alani that he just wets himself and says, okay, let's buy DVC. I'll be so happy if he does that. But <laughs> my guess is, my guess is he won't, but I'm, I'm holding out hope that he'll see. Cause you know, the reason he tells me we can't, we shouldn't buy DVC here is because we live here. Why would we buy, you know, why would we buy into it? So I'm hoping that if he really enjoys Hawaii, if he falls in love with Hawaii, that, uh, it'll, so I, it'll, it'll spark him. So I have like a whole plan for like what we're going to do in Hawaii. So I'm like really going to get him going. And then, then we'll do the tour. Then we'll do the DVC pitch. And I'll be sitting there with a set of rosary beads saying prayers, hoping that, hoping that three ghosts visit that tight wad in the middle of the night. And he wakes up and decides, let's buy DVC. I guess I could just go ahead and do it on my own, but he would kill me. He would absolutely kill me if I did that. But uh, so that's my that's my thought on that. Uh, Toby Gerber asks, uh, "I want to know what you're looking forward to most in London and Paris besides Disneyland Paris, which is a given." Um, I cannot underscore the excitement I have about seeing Disneyland Paris. Now I know. Those of you who have done Disneyland Paris have told me to manage my expectations. And I am. I absolutely am. But uh, for those not familiar with what we're doing, this is a special Adventures by Disney trip that was put together just for us. It's their normal London and Paris trip, but then they added on this very special three-day, two-night add-on for us at Disneyland Paris. And Adventures by Disney is all about creating an exclusive experience so we get into the park before anybody else. We get to eat in places nobody else gets to eat. But most importantly, we get VIP passes to the park. Now, I can say this because this is kind of a surprise for the folks on the trip. By the time this goes up, they're on the trip already. So it won't really matter. Um, as a matter of fact, I think when this goes up is the first, I think on, this goes up on September 7th, that will be the first day that we are in Disneyland Paris. So um, that, and, and the VIP passes at Disneyland Paris, you just walk on anything you want as many times as you want. So I'm hoping that will kind of balance out the experience. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Paris holds absolute Paris itself holds absolutely no appeal to me. I know it's a gorgeous city, I've heard about how gorgeous it is. Kevin is really excited about Paris. For me, it's all about London, which is why I'm going out so early. The trip doesn't start until September 2nd. Walter and I are leaving this coming Saturday, which is uh, the 27th. And the reason that we're, we're doing that is because I want to spend a few days in London before the tour starts. London is one of those places that I have dreamed about for years. 
um, to visit and predict, particularly the history. I don't know what it is about British history that I just find so fascinating and just can't get enough of it. Honest to God, I can't get enough of it. So seeing some of these places and having some of those experiences, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and it's London and Paris. I mean, you know, come on. It's London and Paris. We're going to have lunch at Versailles, for God's sake. So that's kind of cool. We're going to have lunch at the Eiffel Tower. But again, like I said, the, the Paris part, I don't know. It just doesn't. I, I'll, I may come back with a much different impression. I've never been to either place, so I don't know. I'm totally open to having a new experience. But just, you know, pre-trip, Paris holds very little appeal for me. So we'll see. Um, let's see. Susan Brown. I am coming to my first food and wine festival in November. How much money should a person bring if they want to try all the food but none of the alcohol? Um, for me, I don't drink. And I probably spend for two of us. Well, Walter will have wine. Um I, I don't know. I want to say you you probably want to have probably about a hundred hundred to hundred and fifty dollars in your pocket at least. Um if there's alcohol involved, it, it goes up. But I think, you know, two people going around World Showcase and eating, I think you're looking at uh I think you're looking at least seventy five dollars a person um for each day that you're uh for each day that you're doing it. Tony Sarda writes, if you could remove one attraction show from each park, Walt Disney World and or Disneyland, what would you remove and why? I love these hypotheticals. If I had that much power over Disney World, believe me, I wouldn't be starting with taking attractions out of the parks. I'd start with the damn coffee. That's where I'd start. Um, let's see. Uh, Magic Kingdom. Aladdin's Magic Carpet, complete and utter waste of space. It's an off-the-shelf attraction that's just trying to mimic Dumbo with uh, uh, an Aladdin theme thrown over it. Get rid of it. Uh, Epcot, easy. Journey to Imagination. I know that's Kathy's favorite ride, but I don't get it. I don't know what drug she takes that she goes on that and enjoys it, honestly. Um, sorry, Kathy. I love you, baby. Uh, let's see. Um Hollywood Studios. There's a couple I'd get rid of. I, I probably, it would be, uh, have to be the great movie ride. <laughs> was great back in the day. But now it's just like so tired and so done. And why they haven't changed it, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's really, really time for something new to be in there. Um Animal Kingdom, I wouldn't remove it, but I'd redo Dinosaur. Um, same ride technology as Indiana Jones out in Disneyland, but a much different experience. Indiana Jones is much better. So I would change, I would change that up. Um, Disneyland, I wouldn't touch anything. That's the original. That's the original park. I wouldn't touch anything. And California Adventure, I think it's... You got to wait to see what they uh, what it's like when it's finished 
and then you can make a judgment call on that. But if I had to make if I had to make the, the, those calls, that's what I would that's what I would do. All right. Next, uh, there's one here from Rob Rarden. I'm trying to convince my wife to go to Alaska. I'm more Walter. She's more you. What do you think? What sucked? What was awesome? When are you going back? Is it in this lifetime? P.S. You know I love the solo shows. Thanks, Rob. Um, okay, Rob, what sucked? Um, other than the usual stuff, like the food on the ship, uh, in terms of Alaska itself, nothing sucked. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Even when it rained. It was beautiful. It was, I, I can't. I, the thing about it is, and I, and I put this in the blog, and, and I think this is probably the best observation I made. For years, I have listened to people who have gone to Alaska talk about it, and they were like, it's the most amazing thing. It's so gorgeous. The scenery, blah, 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 blah. The wildlife, blah, 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 blah. And on a... On a, on, a me- on a logical level, on a mental level, I got it. I'm like, okay, sure, it's very pretty. It's Alaska and Canada and, you know, all that stuff, the Pacific Northwest. You know, sure, it's absolutely lovely. There are no words that I can speak to you. There are no pictures that I can show to you, no video that I can play to you, play for you, that would adequately capture the epic beauty of of this trip uh it's the only way i can put it It, it's it's kind of frustrating because you know i just you know i i heard it so much from so many people and i just like would glaze over like okay yeah beautiful 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 mountains whales dolphins blah 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 but when i was there and i saw this stuff amazing now this experience was also really enhanced for me by the Adventures by Disney add-on, and I think that's an important uh, an important point to to make. I I think I would still have loved it and enjoyed it had I not done the ABD add-on, but the ABD add-on just made all the difference in the world. Um, as I said in the review, uh, ABD allows you to see a lot more than you could ever see on your own or schedule on your own. Shy of hiring a private tour company in each port, and by the time you get done doing that, you might as well just pay AVD to do it for you. So, you know, that certainly has colored my impression of this cruise. Uh, When am I going back? Uh, I am going back next year, actually. Uh, My mother and my brother are dying to do this cruise so I am taking them to go back and do it again. Uh, not 100% sure I'm going to do it on Disney, uh, only because there are rumors that Disney will be doing the outside passage next year. Uh, and if that's the case, it's going to be nowhere near the scenery that we saw. Plus, there for, for some reason, I, 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 it has to do with legalities. I don't know the specifics, but uh, they're spending a lot less time in port next year. Uh, you know, I think Skagway is a full day, but Juno and Ketchikan are both, you know, r- rather short days. It's about five hours in port. So that, I think, is a little bit, uh, you know, unfortunate. But there's something, there's, there, there's some reason that they're going out of Seattle. There were some le- legal issues. No one would tell me what they were, but that's what I kept being told, was that it was, it was due to legal issues that they had to do that next year. So 
Um, you know, we're, I'm looking at celebrity right now, uh, celebrity in Holland, America. I probably lean more towards celebrity just because the demographic tends to skew a little bit younger than Holland, America. But I am going back. Uh, I am going to go back next year. I would do this trip again in a heartbeat. If, if, if the situation permitted it, I would do this trip again next week. I'm not kidding. Um, so that's, that's what I say to that. So just, you know, if you play nothing else for play that for your wife and I, cause you know, look, I'm, I've got my bona fides. I'm, I am not a nature lover. Okay. I'm in nobody's definition of a nature lover. But unless you are the most jaded, cynical, shallow person alive, there is no way you could witness the beauty that is Alaska and the trip to Alaska and not develop a whole new appreciation for nature. I still don't want to engage nature. Nature is something that's to be tamed and put into a spa. So, but I'll tell you, admiring it, and I, I mean, really and truly, trust me, absolutely gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. So thank you for the question. Uh, Jennifer Bell, uh, going to spend one night at a Universal Hotel to get the front of the line access pass. Question is, which day can I use it? The day that we check in or the day we check out? Thanks. Hope you have a the time of your life in Europe. Thank you for that, Jennifer. Uh, actually, you can use it both days. You can use it the day you check in and the day you check out. So one night at a Universal Hotel gives you two days of front-of-the-line access in the parks. It's a nice little, nice little perk. Um, and, you know, the nice thing is, really and truly, all three Universal Hotels are beautiful. I have an issue with Royal Pacific because of my last stay there. The rooms were great. The staff was great. The music they were playing at the pool, which I still haven't heard from anybody about. So that's I have a problem with their management. But uh, all three hotels are gorgeous. Portofino is my favorite, hands down. Um, I love it. So John Mullen, my good friend down in Australia, asks, I would be interested on your take on the recent DBC management sackings and how this will affect Olani. Disney Traveler is getting a lot of inquiries about the resort, but the prices are scaring people off. Will this latest news encourage Disney to lower rack rates to ensure that Alani is a success? Nice to hear from you, John. Uh, for everybody, um, John is the webmaster of a great Australian website for Disney fans, DisneyTraveler.com. Uh, we will put a link to it in the show notes page. Uh, but uh, John is... Uh, uh, John has been getting a lot of feedback from Australians um, about Disney, and uh, that's where that's where these these questions are coming from. Um, all I've uh, all I know about the situation at DVC is what I've read in the newspapers, specifically what Jason Garcia has written. Uh, in my opinion, uh, Jason Garcia is without a doubt uh, head and shoulders above anybody else in this town in terms of reporting what is going on with the theme parks. His information is impeccable. His journalistic credentials are without question. He has been on the money with everything he's written. Um, so, you know, he's reported that it had to do with, that the sackings had to do with, uh, you call it sackings, we call it firings, 
had to do with the, uh, the, 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 the fees that DVC charges their members for maintenance, or the dues as they call them, and that the dues were set very, very low, so low that uh, if Disney didn't do something to change it, that they would, they would have to shut the resort down in like a few years. So that's what is being put out there publicly. Privately, I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing other things. And how accurate it is, I don't know. I'm hearing that, you know, when Carl Holtz, who is in charge of Adventures by Disney, he's also in charge of Disney Cruise Line, recently became in charge of Disney Vacation Club, and that there was some bad blood there between uh, Jim Lewis and Carl Holtz. True or not, I don't know. Uh, certainly, if you read our DVC boards, Jim Lewis was not a well-liked man among the members. Uh, there's a lot of complaints about him. He said some pretty outrageous stuff about the members in public uh, over the years. And the members are not a big fan of his, and there wasn't a lot of tears being shed uh, with him leaving. So there's that. Now, as far as the pricing goes... Um, management changes, bad press, none of that is going to affect the prices at Olani. The prices will be based on one thing and one thing only, and that's going to be occupancy. And you are not going to see those prices change until after they've done their full court press with advertising and all that other stuff that Disney does when they open something new. So I would say if we are going to see a drop in pricing, we are not going to see it until November, December, possibly January. If it's going to happen at all, it all depends on the bookings. I know that this is a project that is of incredible importance to Disney this uh they've spent a lot of money on this resort hundreds of millions of dollars have been spent building this resort not only that if this works if olani works then disney is going to be able to open resorts like this all over the world and it's going to open up billions of dollars in revenue for the company so so much is riding on this and I'm interested to get out there and see it. As I mentioned on the show last week, or a few weeks ago when you hear this, it was last week for me, but a few weeks ago when you hear it, um, as soon, you know, about a week and a half after we get back from London and Paris, uh, Walter and I are on our way to Alani as we were invited to the, uh, to the grand opening uh, festivities. And um, I'm anxious to see it myself firsthand. I, too, look at the price point and say, okay, that's pretty high. But as ABD has taught me, you can never judge the product unseen just by its price. Um, so I want to go see, is this place worth the $400 a night that they're charging? Now, keep in mind how routinely people pay that at a Disney hotel. For a deluxe Disney resort, which Olani most certainly is, $400 a night is not out of the question. It goes on all the time. Certainly out in the, the Grand Californian, the Disneyland Hotel, not hard to find. $300, $400 plus a night rates. Certainly here uh, at the Polynesian, 
at, at the Grand Floridian, at the Contemporary. Now, granted, there are times of the year where you can find better deals, but we all know, any of us who have done the price, priced out those, those resorts on any regular basis, we know that it's not unusual to see $400 a night for a room at, at one of the Disney Deluxe hotels. So, uh, you know, what the difference here is that, you know, when you spend that $400 a night at a deluxe resort in, in Orlando, you've got four theme parks, three water parks, you know, the whole nine yards, two water parks, sorry. So it, you know, it, it remains to be seen. Uh, so, I, I'm, you know, I'm going on John and Kevin right now. They are, to say the least, they are converts to the cause of Alani. Um, and I'm anxious to see what it looks like when I get out there. So as far as rates, I would say wait till later in the year. And that will give us a good indication of what direction it's going in. So thank you for that, John. Sergio Famigletti. I think I'm pronouncing that right. When will you be sharing any wedding plans? It would be great to those of us planning a Disney wedding who are not straight. Thanks. Um, Sergio, um, I'm glad you asked. Um, we, have, uh, we have secured our, our, our space at the Portofino Bay for the 10th of December. Um, and actually, you know, uh, as, as far as the plans go, um, I am, I'm looking to do something that is right for Walter and I. And I think this is, this has to be true of any couple. What I didn't want was a mock traditional wedding. Um, this is, you know, uh, for, for Walter and I, this is a celebration of our relationship that we want to share with our close friends and our family. And so, you know, the things that are important to us are being factored in to that. And, uh, food is a big one, obviously, for me. Um, you know, that we wanted a, a certain type of, you know, we wanted a certain type of event and a certain type of music, which I'm still working on. Um, you know, but no, no marching down the aisle. There will be a, a, a brief commitment ceremony during a cocktail reception, after which we're going to have a fabulous meal and just enjoy each other, you know, the, the company of being around our friends in this gorgeous hotel. Um, I don't want to go over the top with it, although the price, I mean, it's not cheap doing an event at, at any of the hotels in town, but Universal in particular. It's not inexpensive. But... If you want to do it right, that's what you do. But uh, that's uh, that's as much as I can share with you right now about what we're doing. I will tell you, uh, working with uh, Bonnie Garfield at uh, Portofino Bay, who's the uh, events coordinator at the hotel, working for Lowe's. She's amazing. She has been terrific and has had such. She's been such a huge help because there was a lot of questions I had, and she was really able to you know just come up with things. And point us in the right direction. So, um, you know, for me, this is only true for me and Walter. Uh, we just want it to be something special between us with our family and our, our, our family and our close friends. So thank you for asking the question. Michael Landman, <laughs> sing us a song, maybe something from Broadway. No, I will not. I will not sing. I do not do that to people. I do not sing. I do not wear Speedos. This is part of my, part of my obligation to mankind. 
Nathan Gale, maybe you can talk a little bit about packing up and moving to Orlando. Good question. I'm in the middle of a big life change and have this increasing desire to pack up and move close to Disney, west or east. Oh, wow. Well, it's been, it's been a while. It was 13 years ago since I moved down here. Moved down here April 1st of 1998. It was uh, right as Animal Kingdom was opening. It was kind of an interesting time to be here. Uh, as we've said on the show, uh, you know, uh, John had gotten a job with Disney, and that was the impetus for us to move down here. But I'll be honest, it was scary. It was scary. But something told me it was the right thing to do. Um, had John not gotten the job with Disney, I would not be here. If John had not gotten the job with Disney, I doubt the Diz would exist. I'd started the Diz about a year before we moved. And if we hadn't moved down here and I hadn't made, if I hadn't moved down here, I would not have turned the site into a business. Um, as the site grew, I had no choice but to turn it into a business or, or turn it off. And had I been living in New Jersey, I would have turned it off and just continued my career track with UPS. So, you know, it was a major life change. I mean, it really was one of those moments in my life where the decision I made would have affected me, you know, greatly. Uh, I don't regret it. Uh, living here in Florida is awesome. Living near the parks is awesome. But it changes things. And this is the thing I really want to underline to anybody thinking about moving to Orlando because you're a, a Disney fan. It's awesome and it's great, but it's very different than the experience you've had up until this point. When you come down here, you're down here on vacation. And vacation is a different mindset than it's something 20 minutes away from where I live. And there is a part of me, I will not, I cannot deny it, there is a part of me that misses experiencing Walt Disney World in that way, in the way that I used to when I was living in New Jersey and would put all this time and effort into planning trips and all this other stuff and then you know get down here and, and just soak up every minute of every day. And it was also exciting, no matter how many times I came down, that part goes away. Now, it's replaced with something entirely different that's equally as wonderful, but it's different. I love being able to say, you know what, today I'm going to go hang out in the parks. Now, we don't say that. I don't say that in the summer months because you know, in Florida, if you live here, you're crazy if you go outside in the summer. Stay in the air conditioning. But once the fall gets here, we're coming up on my favorite time in Orlando. Absolutely most favorite time in Orlando. The weather is cooler. Um, all the parties start. Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, the Halloween Party, Food and Wine Festival, all the stuff that goes on for the holidays. That never gets old. It never gets old. It gets old covering it for the show because it feels like we say the same thing year after year. And I swear to God, this year, if the Halloween party is the same as it has been for years past, we're just going to say go listen to one of the past shows and not cover it. There's no point. There's no point. It's still great, and I still love it from a personal standpoint. It's just getting old covering some of the stuff on the show because they're not changing it up an awful lot. 
So thank you for that, uh, Nathan. Appreciate it. Kevin Zygmunt, would you like to see DCL expand beyond four ships? Oh, God, yes. Um, but I don't think we're going to see that for... Well, I don't know. The you know, it, it, the dream uh, is doing amazing. Um, we'll see how it is after the fantasy comes out. Um, but advanced bookings for the fantasy are even bigger than they were for the dream. So, uh, you know, if these two ships continue to do well for a couple of years, it may it may not be ten years before we see another ship. So, that's my that's my hope anyway. But you know, uh, any anything that. Uh, that Disney could uh, anything that DCL could do to bring on more ships is I think be be very welcome Paul Jeffs hi Pete I'm a UK Dizzer PJ18 on the boards and I'd be interested to hear your expectations for your upcoming Disneyland Paris trip what are you looking forward to most at Disneyland Paris um, you know I have been listening to a lot of folks tell me to manage my expectations when it comes to Disneyland Paris. So I'm doing that. I'm, uh, I'm really setting my expectations low. I, I'm, I, don't, I shouldn't say that. I'm not setting them low. I'm setting them uh, to not – just to, to be open to experience whatever it is that Disneyland Paris is. Um, there is no way I'm going to be able to walk in without making some kind of comparison to Disneyland in California, Disney World in Orlando – but I, I, um, it, it's someplace I, you know, I've, I've always wanted to go. I don't think, uh, my desire to go to Disneyland Paris is at the level of Kevin. Um, I will be honest. I worry. Kevin is so excited about Disneyland Paris. And I just hope that nothing happens to disappoint him. Um, because he has really, you know, we've been talking about it on the show for five years, but believe me, he was talking about it long before that. So this is something that is really, uh, really important to him. One of the reasons we put this trip together was specifically so that he could get that opportunity to go to uh, go to Disneyland Paris. So it's, uh, you know, I'm looking to see. I- I'm looking forward to the ABD experience. I know ABD has put a lot of effort into putting this special add-on for us. And, you know, but at the same time, you know, taking AB, using ABD to go through a theme park spoils the experience for you because, you know, you'll never, ever go through that theme park by yourself again and have that experience, you know, that level of an experience. That's what, you know, Disneyland, that's why I'm going, going on all the backstage magic trips. I, I, you know, who can wait in line again? after you do a, a, an ABD trip and they're handing you handfuls of fast passes. Um, so I don't think there's anything in particular at Disneyland Paris I'm looking forward to. I'm just looking forward to the whole experience. I'm real excited about it. I really am. Kathy Carter, uh, my family has never been to Disneyland but are planning a trip very soon. But the few people we know who have been to Disneyland say not to go. We will be disappointed after visiting Walt Disney World so many times, what's your opinion? Um, Kathy, if you go to Disneyland expecting it to be exactly like Disney World, you will be disappointed. Uh, Disneyland is smaller. It is definitely more intimate. 
but it is the original. And where you may be disappointed is over at California Adventure right now because there's so much construction going on uh, with the addition of Cars Land and the uh, entry the entry area being redone completely. There's a lot of construction happening, but I will tell you this. I have never once, regardless of the time of year, the size of the crowds, in the dozen or so times I have been to Disneyland, have never once walked away disappointed and have never walked away saying, I don't think I'm going to come back here for a while. Um, any opportunity I get to go to Disneyland, I take. Uh, it is... It, it's it's different than our the Disneyland park is different than our Magic Kingdom in Orlando, in that it is it is smaller and more intimate, and it is more crowded. I won't lie to you; it is more crowded, and it's more crowded most of the year. But with that being said, there is just uh, it's authentic. It's the real thing. It's the original. It's the only Disney theme park that Walt Disney ever stepped foot in, and. You can almost, at the risk of sounding cheesy, you can almost feel his presence there. Um, there is something extraordinary about it. Um, I love the fact that I can walk from my hotel to the theme parks. There's no, you know, buses and all this other stuff. I think their downtown Disney area is awesome as well. Downtown Disney connects uh, the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, Paradise Pier with the theme parks. Uh, the Grand Californian is uh, very close to Disneyland, and you can actually get into California Adventure from the from the th- from the uh, from the hotel. But it's uh, I don't think you know. I, I think it really depends on what your expectations are as to whether or not you'll be disappointed. So, if you're a Disney fan that wants to go see the original and you know, see some things that are different because there are differences between our uh, our Magic Kingdom and the Disneyland Resort. Uh, especially if you're going in the fall, you know, you've got to go check out Haunted Mansion and with the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, theme. It's, it's incredible. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of things that are different. You know, they have attractions we don't have. Their Pirates of the Caribbean is far better than ours. Their Small World is far better than ours. They have uh, Indiana Jones, which we don't have, and it's incredible. Um, so there are a lot of attractions, too, that their Space Mountain, for example, is different than ours. Um, even their Buzz Lightyear is different than ours. There are a lot of differences, and that I love. And uh, it gives me, um, you know, it's it just, it's, I love it. I've always loved it. And I don't know why your friends think you'll be disappointed unless there's, you know, some something else that I don't know uh, about you. Um, but I think if you're a Disney fan and you enjoy the parks and you go in with the right mindset that it's not Walt Disney World, don't expect it to be Walt Disney World. It's not better or worse than Disney World. It's just different. And it stands on its own merits. So go in with the proper expectations. You'll have a great time. Kevin Welch, uh, you have been traveling a lot recently. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, what destinations are still on your bucket list? Oh, quite a few. Quite a few, to be honest with you. Um, I would uh, like to see China. I'd like to see Japan. 
and in particular Tokyo Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland, to be specific, but also the countries themselves. Um, I would like to go to New Zealand. I haven't been to New Zealand yet, uh, and I hear wonderful things about New Zealand, and I'm actually in the process of planning that trip in the near future. Um, I'm trying to think um, of where else I would like to go. Um, I know, you know, if you ask this to Walter, you know, he w- would really love to do like uh, the Galapagos Islands, uh, Costa Rica, you know, places where there are plants and jungles and nature. Um, but, you know, there's also more, more in Europe I'd like to see. You know, I've only ever seen most, you know, what I've seen of Europe has been on a cruise. This will be the first time I'm going to Europe and not going to be on a cruise. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that I actually get to spend some time in these places. You know, it's wonderful to see it on a cruise, but it's kind of like a sampler platter. So I would really love to go back to Spain and Italy and France to a much lesser degree. I'm not a big fan of the French. Um, and see those places, but not on a cruise. So there's that. Um, I'm trying to, I know there's more to my bucket list. I just can't think of what it is, but those are, those are definitely on there. Those are definitely on there. So thank you for asking that. Elizabeth Waller. Uh, Pete, have you been recognized by Disney employees while out and about, whether a resort review or other? And has Disney ever tried to team up with you, turn your unofficial site into either an official site or at least Disney? Um, on occasion, we've, uh, I've, I've been, I've been spotted by cast members that listen to the show. Um, it's always nice. And, uh, I'm sorry, my, my cat is doing these bizarre poses on the floor. Like he's posing for playboy. Um, sorry. I don't know why I had to share that with you other than the fact that it's the middle of the night and I'm exhausted. Um, has Disney ever tried to team up with us? No. No, they have not. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, if they did, I would turn them down. Uh, but, you know, if anybody walked up to me with the right amount of money to buy the site, I, I got to be honest, I'd probably say yes. Um, you know, I do have to work with Disney from the standpoint of Dreams Unlimited Travel. And uh, we have a great working relationship with them, and I, we work with some awesome people at Disney. But I keep a I keep a, a strong line. I keep a really really strong line between uh, Dreams and the Diz. Uh, of course, you know there is some overlap there because I'm a part owner in Dreams and full owner of the Diz. But for the most part, we I, I really do. We all work very hard to make sure there's a a clear line between the two, uh, especially on the boards, especially on the boards. But uh, so now, I mean, from the Diz perspective, no, we really, you know, we get invited to things and events and things like that, along with all, you know, a lot of other websites. So I guess we work with them in that regard, but uh, nothing, nothing beyond that. Tim Scott, uh, Pete, I need a new computer to edit my videos on. Is it worth the extra dollars to switch to Apple and Final Cut Pro uh, 10? Everything so far I've used at home has been PC based. Okay, well. You know, you're talking to a guy who was a PC guy for many, 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 many years and swore I would never use Apple. And then I bought an Apple. 
and that's all she wrote. I have not purchased a PC since for myself. Purchased it for other people, but not for myself. Um, Apple computers are just so... They're so much better uh, for editing video in particular. Um, I am not a fan of the new Final Cut Pro. I think it's iMovie on steroids. And iMovie's great for basic editing, but... I don't like the the whole time the the this the whole the whole setup I don't like for doing the kind of editing that I do. Not that I do anything really unique or special. Just for me, you know, I've learned Final Cut Pro, I like Final Cut Pro and that's what I use. Apple computers are always worth the extra money. Trust me, I'm not just saying it. I've got no horse in this race with Apple. I don't own stock. I don't get kickbacks. I love Apple products, and there's a reason they cost more. Yes, yeah, some of it, I won't lie, some of it is the cool factor. It's the, you know, it's that brand. But these computers and, and products are built better than their competitors. That's why they're so successful. They're simply better. It's not just a name, and it's not just a, a, a style. These things are built better. Windows has never run better for me than it runs on a Mac. And that says something. I have Windows installed on both my Mac Pro desktop and my MacBook Pro laptop. And I am telling you that when I boot those machines directly into Windows, native, it is the best experience I've ever had with Windows. It's awesome. But it's always very nice to get back to, to the Mac operating system because I prefer it so much more. Um Honestly, it, it, you know, you asked if, if I thought it was worth it. Yes, I do. I really do. And I realize the price tag is steep on these things. I realize, you know, you're talking about a MacBook. You know, the average MacBook is going to even like the, the the least expensive one is a thousand dollars, where you can get. Um, I think that's for a MacBook Air, um, where you can get a you know a full featured PC notebook less than that. The problem is that your full-featured PC notebook is not going to last nearly as long as your Apple MacBook is. And that's what I found is that, you know, for me, I was burning through PCs every 18 months. So sometimes not even. Sometimes it wouldn't, wouldn't even be 18 months. I still have. I've, there, there's one of my notebooks. I, yes, I have more than one. One of them is four years old. And it still works as great today as it did when I bought it. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But I buy far fewer computers when I purchase a Mac than I ever did when I purchased a PC. I had to go out PC shopping once a year. That's all there was to it. Macs, not even close. Not even close. Buy it. You'll have it a lot longer. You'll love it a lot more, and you'll thank me for it in the end. So stop asking me questions. Get up right now. Go to the Apple store and buy your damn computer. Uh, Maria Lacante something or other. I'm sorry, Maria. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, and I don't want to butcher it. Uh, explain Diz Radio. Is it yours exclusively who picks songs, scheduling? I just discovered it while um, in my car working every day. It seems same songs come up on those hours. Love the music. 
makes driving and working more magical. Uh, yes, Maria, it is mine exclusively. Diz Radio is something that we host on Live 365. Um, Emil Van Leeuwen, one of the nether people, is actually the person who takes uh, is in charge of that. He, he does the scheduling, stuff like that. There is a Facebook page for Diz Radio where people can make requests and comments. Um, and we are... The number one uh, station in our genre, which is Freeform, on Live 365. And we are in the top 70 of all Live 365 stations. And Emil has done an amazing job with that. Um, and, uh, you know, Emil does change the schedule up every so often. But we find that, you know, there's you know, people seem to enjoy the familiarity of certain songs and certain playlists. And, you know. Um, they keep coming. They keep listening. So, and I do. I listen to it. I listen to it frequently as well. So, especially when I'm cleaning the house, I love having it on when I'm cleaning the house. So, Stiz Radio on Live 365. For those who are not uh, familiar with it. All right. Well, that will do it, folks, for this solo show. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed sitting here recording it. Um, but I, uh. It's never the same for me doing it like this. And when we have everybody here, I enjoy that much more. Uh, so, and I'm sure the shows are much better when there are a whole group of us. But I did want to make sure that something went up uh, the first week in September because we got, like I said, we've got a lot of people traveling. Uh, Corey and Julie aren't going to be here. John and Kevin aren't going to be here. Walter and I aren't going to be here. So I wanted something to go up at the beginning of September. But. Uh, We'll be back. Uh, I will be back for the, I think it's the September 14th show, and we'll be talking about our trip to Paris and London. So thanks for listening, everyone, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. <laughs>